We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. on it's the irish breakdown podcast coming to you live on a thursday only six days away from spring practice officially kicking off for the 2023 season for notre dame i am ryan roberts director of recruiting here at irishbreakdown.com joined by mr brian driscoll the publisher here and creator of irishbreakdown.com brian i know we're excited man because we've been doing these conversations leading up to spring ball talking a lot about some strengths some areas that we have more question marks with talking a little bit about some position battles over the last couple of days as well. And now we're going into a spot that matters very, very much. The guys that are potentially going to be those breakout players to take some of these positions, hopefully to the next level, or at least the roles to the next level. So it's going to be a spirited conversation today. One I'm looking very much forward to. We're also doing a mailbag, obviously in the second segment of the show. So if you want to throw in, MB in the chat and get your questions in there helps us designate what mailbag questions you have for us, but just kind of flood it with chat with in the chat because we'll get to those. And before I start, I would just want to say if you also guys want to go right now, right now, go sign up at boards at irishbreakdown.com because tomorrow, for everybody that follows recruiting, is the pot of gold extravaganza. We're, we're expecting a whole lot of offers to be extended for the 2025 recruiting class by Notre Dame. So if you all want some intel, players that are being offered, all the great stuff. And also, as we inch closer to the spring practice beginning, we'll also be having a lot more team intel as we see who is going to be breaking out, weight gains, weight changes, a lot of great stuff. But, Brian, of course, the show is predicated today, man, on talking about some potential spring breakouts. We we yeah. had this on from, from the offensive side perspective, the defensive side Excited to talk about this, man, because there's a lot of young, exciting talent and some guys that are in some interesting positions to potentially get starting roles or at least get you know a substantial role within an offense or the defense. But there are some question marks, man, and I'm excited to work through some of these guys that could answer some of those question marks with big spring performances. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, well, look, this is true of, I mean, about every team I've ever seen, right? It's true of Georgia's teams. It's true of Alabama's teams, Notre Dame's teams, Clemson's teams, Ohio State's teams, LSU's 2019 team. You need guys to break out, right? You need You can't just have everybody be what they were last year. I mean, that's the reality of it. Some guys are stepping into the starting lineup that didn't play much. Some guys played a bunch as backups. Now they're starters. Some guys, you know, are, are newcomers. Some guys are, you know, maybe didn't play well in the past. And, and we see it all the time. You see guys kind of go from a good backup to key starter, you know, okay, solid starter to difference maker. You see it all the time, right? I mean, we, we talk about when Will Fuller, Golden Tate went from six catches a year or six catches as freshman to a thousand yards as sophomores, right? Equinemy St. Brown goes from one catch as a freshman to, you know, he would have had a thousand yards if they'd have played a bowl game that year, you know, just under a thousand yards. So you see this all the time where, you know, Cole Komet as a junior, he was a, a backup his first two years, you know, a good backup, right? An important backup, but a backup his first two years. And then as the junior breaks out, has a, a big year. So, in order to get to where you want to get to and where you need to get to as a program, you need guys to break out. And the more guys that break out, the better you're going to be. And so, you know, we kind of have our eyes on some guys uh, on both sides of the ball that we think could be breakout guys this spring. You know, guys are going to really step into a certain role this spring, and then more will kind of step up and emerge in the fall. And so what is a breakout, Ryan? A breakout can be many different things. It can be a guy that just never plays that turns into a, you know, a key reserve, an impact reserve. Jaden Thomas, for me, for example, was a breakout player last year. Yep. Only had 20-some catches, but he didn't play at all his freshman year. And then he becomes a very key player. You can go, you can be a starter and a good, solid player to a great player. There's all types of different types of breakouts, but you need them to happen. And if they're going if Notre Dame is going to be the team that they're, they're, they, we think they can be, then those breakouts have to happen soon right some of them at least have to happen soon and we've got some interesting one ryan so you know you and i kind of took three each on each side of the ball and we were kind of on the same page although not every time the same player we were at least on the same page as far as positions and things like that so it'll be fun to talk about as we get into this but the reality is ryan we're going to mention like five dudes on each side of the ball they need at least three of each of those guys to break out this spring if the offense and defense are really going to take that step because 
there's shoes to fill and you need certain players to fill those shoes and shoes to fill. Isn't always a guy stepping in directly for a specific position. It could be, you know, Mitch Evans could step in and fill the shoes of Tyler of, of Michael Mayer as the starter, but it doesn't mean that we're asking Mitch Evans to be what Michael Mayer was. That may be Jaden Thomas or Dion Coles, right. Lorenzo Styles or Tobias Merriweather, you know, it, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's not only just filling a position, but sometimes filling a role. Hey, this guy steps up into a leadership role. This guy steps up to a playmaking role that maybe somebody a different position occupied. And that's, that's what this team needs as we go into well, this. And I think the fun part is that every time people ask about breakouts, what do we always get drawn to, Brian? Talent, right? Mm -hmm. And then what's missing on the roster, right? The important areas that maybe Notre Dame hasn't been as good at last year or in recent years that we think that could be potentially filled this offseason. So it's a fun conversation because we're not just talking about guys that are, you know, going to be breakouts by default, you know, the best of, you know, a less than stellar group, right? We're talking about guys that, I mean, I don't want to break any any uh, any news here, but we're going to talk about a couple of pass catchers, you know, coming up pretty soon here that are freaks, man. Like they're not, right. you know, just like solid football players. Like they're substantial NFL potential if those guys hit and hit close to their ceilings. Like we're talking about like legitimate talents at each of these positions, which is always fun because when you talk about who, what, how is Notre Dame going to get to the next level? Well, we're going to talk about some talents that could propel it and make it get to that type of level because you need that star power in order to be an elite level program. And I think Notre Dame has more than maybe people give them credit for sometimes. It's just about can they tangibly turn it into production this offseason? Can they make them put themselves in a position this spring to catapult themselves into a starting role, into a substantial role? And that's why this is always a fun conversation, in my opinion. And, and that's where we're going to start, Ryan. We're going to start on offense and we're going to start with pass catchers because uh, look, you can make a case that Jaden Thomas could be a breakout. I'm kind of working with the assumption that he kind of already did late last season. You know, I'm kind of treating him as a guy that has already, you know, already broken out to a degree. So that's why neither of us went with Jaden Thomas because I kind of view him as, I mean, by the end of the year, he was pretty much Notre Dame's best receiver by the end of the season. You know, his numbers on the season, you know, won't blow you away. 25 catches, 361 yards and three touchdowns. But he did most of that in the last four games of the year. Yeah. You know, he had uh, 12 of those 25 catches were in the last three games and 189 of those yards were in the last four games. So, you know, a lot of that production we saw from him down the stretch. And so I kind of feel like he already did break out a little bit. So we're going to focus on a couple guys that didn't kind of have that. And look, we could go with Lorenzo Styles. He's another guy. I think right now Lorenzo is sort of in show me mode for both of us. He could easily be that guy. But I, I think where we're at, Ryan, is one of the two big guys has to break out. And I think there's two possible options. And, and we'll kind of each state the case for why that guy could be it. But Notre Dame needs one of Tobias Merriweather and Deion Colsey to break out this spring. And if both of them break out, then this offense is going to be really good, Ryan. But I know a guy that you're super high on is Deion Colsey. And yeah. is a guy that you think could be a breakout for Notre Dame. This, and, and again, we're talking spring. We're talking about guys that we're kind of predicting to be breakouts. By the end of the spring, we're going to be like, okay, there we go with that guy. Right. Because I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of reasons for this one for me about Deion Coles. I mean, one, it's the talent level, right? Which I don't have to tell anybody about. He's 6'5", 200 plus pounds really athletic, incredible catch radius. Like I don't have to tell you all about that. You all have seen his huddle highlight tapes come out of high school, and you saw what he did over the last couple games of the season where you saw him start looking more comfortable and more impactful, obviously, in the offense. 
and part of that is another big reason why I think that you can kind of he could potentially transition into this offseason with some momentum because he was playing his best football down the stretch. He was playing like a confident version of Deion Colsey. And if he's able to translate that into consistency from a day-in, day-out perspective, I think he has a chance to be special. I really do. And then another thing, Brian, is that you know he played a little bit as a freshman, played more as a sophomore. Now he's coming into junior year, man, where that's where you see guys usually take massive leaps, right? So I look at that on top of the fact that he is that boundary type receiver, which historically, recently anyway, has been a position that Notre Dame has really, you know, they've really have focused and highlighted that position as far as like a, one of their main or their main pass catcher in most years, right? So I think when you couple all those things together, I'm excited because I've always said, I've said this for, you know, this entirety of this offseason so far, a confident Deion Colsey is a scary thing, man. That's a player that no corner wants to see because there's no corner that's going to be able to outreach him. There's no corner that's going to be able to match up consistently against that size and that athletic combination. It's just about the finer details of playing the position and the confident le- confidence level. If Deion's confident this offseason, I think he has a chance to propel himself into, if not the top receiver on the roster, second, like he's in that conversation yeah. in my opinion. I don't really care if he's first or second or third. What we need is Dion to start playing his potential. All right. I, I really, I really don't care if it's it's from the production of Michael Floyd or Tobias Merriweather or I mean, excuse me, uh, Chase Claypool like the monster. It, it doesn't even need to be like that for me. The thing with Dion for me is he's just such a unique weapon, and he's he, they really don't have anyone like him on the roster. Even Tobias, Tobias can can match Dion like height and lengthwise to a degree, but he's he's just not the. I mean, you're talking about a twenty some plus pound difference in weight between those two guys and a different type of skill set. Dion is a pure boundary receiver in my view. And a, and a guy that that has sort of that, hey, even when he's covered, he's not covered mentality. There's no doubt, Ryan, he could have a a saw you know a, a junior year emergence breakout that you know, we saw maybe from Miles Boykin in in uh, I think it was his technically his senior season, uh, but yeah. it was first year as a, as a you know he Miles flashed a little bit the year before. If you remember, we saw something like this recently, Ryan, and this is why I, I bring up Miles Boykin because. You know, Miles didn't do a thing his first two years at Notre Dame. He actually had less production in his first two years than Deion Colsey did. Uh, Miles didn't play at all as a freshman and then uh, went out in year two and and I think caught like six balls. Most of it was in mop-up duty, you know, because he was a 17 member. And then in his third year, he comes out and has 12 catches for 253 yards and two touchdowns. But he had that really big game late in the year against LSU, and that served as sort of a springboard for him to kind of come out. But the year before Miles became the guy for the Notre Dame pass game, he had 12 catches for 253 yards and two touchdowns. It's not a whole lot different than what we've seen from Deion Colsey, who is a year behind. But Deion had four catches for 67 yards as a freshman. He had nine catches for 192 yards last year. And, and again, he didn't do a lot in the bowl game, but he played really well against USC, had a big money third down catch against Boston College, had two huge third down catches against Navy. So really played well down the stretch. And the first time we saw him in action, really getting serious snaps was against Syracuse. And he made three catches that game. And Ryan, you and I were there and we kept looking at each other like Dion was open again. 
Like Dion was open again. They could have hit him they, on. He could have caught th- 13 balls that day on on uh, cu- stop routes and comebacks. And back <laughs> I was about to say, I mean. the, cu- the comeback was open all day, man. Those guys were all bailing on it. It's just, it could just hit him yeah. on comebacks all day, man, with a confident quarterback right. that day. So, so he's got the tools. Now he needs to kind of take – him and Miles are also really similar too because with Miles, the question was always, how good does he really want to be? Yeah. And can he consistently go out there and put in the work and 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 put in sort of have the focus and and be consistent with his preparation and his execution? And that was Miles' problem in previous years. Dion's been similar, right? Like when he's on, he's really on. When he's off, it's like where is he today? You know, it's just I'm just yeah. But but the thing that people have to remember too is Dion is a almost a year younger than most of the kids in his class. So my understanding is he's going to be a little closer in age to to Tobias and some of the freshmen than he will be to like a senior, you know, Matt Salerno or guys like that. He was young for his age. Now he doesn't look it because he's a he's massive, but he's very young and, and he played at a level Ryan where he could play half speed and just dominate. I mean, just that that that's where people you know people say, oh, this guy played at a weak level. I, that has nothing to do with your talent. Zero to do with your talent. That has to do with you know, can you evaluate a guy when he's playing against bad guys? It's more about your skills as an evaluator. You know, four or five is a four or five. I don't care what you're playing against. Yeah. Where it can have an impact, however, is a guy may think he's playing hard. A guy may think he's doing things the best he can because he's dominating. But in reality, he's just going by on God-given ability. My hope is that what Dion did late last year, combined with the struggles he had in the bowl game, are enough to combine together to say, hey, man, I can be really good. But yeah. I got to bring it every day. I got to play with more authority, more assertiveness, because if he can do that, Dion's got a chance to be an absolute dude on the football field for Notre Dame. And so. hopefully we'll start to see it this spring. On the other side is Tobias Merriweather. And to me, Ryan, he's 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 very similar as well. It's the consistency. He was a young player last year. He's got to continue to get stronger. The tools are there. He He's he's. A different player. He's more of a vertical player. He's he's a guy that can do some things after the catch. He's a very good route runner for his age. You know, he's a guy that that I don't I don't. If you go back and watch this high school film, you're going to see this guy knew how to get off press. He he probably showed up at Notre Dame with the best get off press skills of anyone on the roster, simply because he was taught how to do it in high school. He's a guy to me, Ryan, that that he brings a completely different element to the table than Dion in a lot of ways, but they bring similar length and catch radius that Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner are going to love. And if he can also be a guy that pushes to be a breakout for Notre Dame this year, it's going to be, it's going to have a big impact because as we mentioned last week, it's not just them breaking out. That's important for that, that impacts Notre Dame. If, if Tobias breaks out, it impacts Lorenzo Styles, meaning he's a rot- he he can rotate at X, but then you can now use him at Z as well. You can move him around and do different things, getting him on the field together. If Dion breaks out at W, then you can use Caleb Smith more to the field in different ways as well. Now all of a sudden you got yourself a veteran five man rotation that's got some flexibility to it with your with Caleb Smith and Lorenzo Styles that makes you a little harder to defend. Yeah. And so I want to see both of those guys get a chance to do that. And if I'll say this. They need one of them to break out. Definitely need one of them. And if Tobias doesn't have a good spring, you still have Lorenzo. You, you can move Caleb Smith over to the field. If Dion doesn't break out, you've got Caleb Smith. So you're going to be okay. But if they if one of them breaks out, it it 
it's going to have a huge impact on this wide receiver core. And and I think it's the reason I picked those two guys, Ryan, for me is they need one of the big boys to really emerge. Yeah. Yes, it's good if Lorenzo emerges and Caleb Smith, I you know, we already know what he can do. We know what Jaden Thomas can do. I think his, his Jaden Thomas is going to be the same guy he was last year just at a higher volume. You know, yes. and, well, let me say last year meaning like from from like BYU on is is kind of what I expect to see from Jaden Thomas, especially last four years. That's what our last four games. That's what I mean by he'll be that, but just more consistent. We won't see the 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 periods where he didn't do much like he did last year is really his first year in the rotation. We won't see, I don't think, any Marshall games like right. like we saw from him last year. It that's fine. We they need one of the big boys to step up this spring. They have to get one of those two guys if this receiving core is going to have a chance to reach its full potential. I've talked about this a lot too, but I also think that the I mean we're talking about two of you know arguably the two most talented receivers on the roster, right? With, with the Tobias Merriweather and a Deion Colsey for one. You know, I mean, I guess Braylon James is in that conversation now that he is officially on the roster, right? So we could have that conversation. But I think the reason, Brian, for me that I that I definitely go towards these two outside receivers is also it's Sam Hartman. We have to look into the the history of what Sam Hartman has excelled with during his career at Wake Forest. Like you have to look at that a little bit. It was always about the outside trees, those guys that can do things at the catch point, that can do things back shoulder, could work, you know, the, just can dominate in the air. And I think both those players in different ways have the potential to dominate in the air. I, I do think Deion Colsey's more of like the Maurice Stovall-ish style of receiver in comparison to, I don't know if you agree with this, but I think Tobias is kind of similar to someone that Sam Hartman played at Wake Forest. Like he's got a little A.T. Perry in him, you know, like he can create things down the field. But I think what separates the bigger guys is like for six, four dudes, you wouldn't expect them to get in and out of breaks as well as they do. Right. Like that was the thing about A.T. Perry that always separated him for me was like that dude could get in and out of breaks, play with low pads, you know, silky hips, you know, kind of getting in and out of his cuts. Like that stuff's different. Right. So they are comparable in the sense that they are taller and that they can win in certain areas, although a little bit differently. But at the end of the day, if Sam Hartman's the quarterback for Notre Dame, we have known what he has liked while he was at Wake Forest. He liked A.T. Perry. He liked Donovan Green, who was 6'2", 210 pounds. He liked Jamal Banks, that was a 6'3", outside receiver this past year. That's been his bread and butter, man. And that's also why I also think that they're going to break out, not only because Sam has comfort in him, but also I think back to last year, you remember like there was, I think it was the Syracuse game that we were both at. And we're like, dude, there's so many one-on-one opportunities outside the numbers. They just take it, right? Well, you know, Drew Pine might not throw that ball, but you know who's going to throw that ball? Sam Hartman's going to throw that ball. He's going to put that ball up there, man. So whether it's Tobias, whether it's Dion, I think there's going to be opportunities to make plays. It's just about who takes advantage of those opportunities. I think that's a big thing. You, you you made a comment, Ryan, and and people like comps, right? Like he, he, here's here here's why to me. Here's what this unit could be, in my opinion. I truly believe this. They remind me so much of Mo Stovall and Jeff Samarja. They really do. You mentioned the Mo Stovall uh, comparisons between him and. To Deion Colsey, and they're very, very good ones. Not a burner, although I'd argue I would not be shocked if Deion runs a faster 40 time than most Oval did. It what was, was he in the four fives or something like that? He, was, he was close to four six, and that was yeah. after five years and you know yeah. training for it. I would I'd be I'd be willing to bet you that Dion even has a, a better vertical pure speed than Mo did, but insane catch radius, yes, and great body control. 
Mo was another guy that it took a while for it to kind of click for him. You know, he didn't really kind of go off until his last year. Now, of course, playing in Charlie Weiss's offense helped with that, but it took him a while to get going. But it's that big physical boundary, you know, can catch a, you know, can catch a now screen and make one guy miss and pick up 12 yards. If you play off of him, he can do that. If you play on him, he can hit you with the comebacks. He can beat you in the one-on-ones with that crazy catch radius. Dion can do all those things. Yep. Now, can he do it day after day after day? That's the question. And then Samarja wasn't the, the strong physical player that Mo was, but very similar lengthwise. He's a little skinnier. He he wasn't a burner, but he could make big plays because of that length. You know, like the touchdown that Tobias had against Stanford, he didn't he smoked the guy at first, but guy recovered because Tobias isn't a four-four guy, right? But he, he understood the body positioning. He went up and made a play on the ball. He can make plays after the catch. He's really good after the catch guy. I mean, he was a returner in high school. Now, I don't want him returning in college, but in high school, he's a pretty good return man. He can, you know, he can catch a slant, make a guy miss, cut back outside. I'm, I'm, I'm in, in my mind, I'm envisioning the play that Samarja had against Michigan State in 06, right? Like, Tobias has similar athleticism to Samarja. Now, here's the question. Do they have the attitudes that those two guys had? Sure. That's the question. Do they have the work ethic that those two guys had? That's the question. If they do, this has a chance to be a dynamic one-two punch. The talent is there. The The system, I think, will be there. You know, it's a bit of a projection. We don't know. Thank you. But I think it's there. Now we just have to see if those two guys are ready mentally to become that player. That's going right. to be the big question. I mean, hope, hopefully they both break out, man, because they would be a perfect complement to one another, Brian. It's like because Deion Coles is more of like that power forward style of big wide receiver, right? Tobias Merriweather is more of that small forward. Like he's a wing. He's athletic. He does some of the little man stuff that you wouldn't expect for a guy his size to do, which I like the Samarja comp because that was one thing about Samarja was Samarja was a big guy. He was tall. But he was silky, man. Like he can get in and out of cuts. He can move in space. He can just do a little bit more than what your traditional boundary receiver is going to do, which is why he could play to the field a lot during his career at Notre Dame. So I think that you have a perfect complement if both of those guys take a step. I don't need both of them to turn into thousand yard receivers in 2023, right? But I need them both to be able to play off one another well, complement each other. Because if they can do that and they take a step forward, you add in what you're expecting out of Jane Thomas as a second year of, you know, of high level slot play, or at least substantial burn on the inside playing slot, man, that's an interesting compliment to work with. And one that I think Notre Dame should be very excited about. So there was just a robbery that just happened Uh-oh. during the show. So my wife brought me down a cup of tea. So appreciated that. That's what I said. Thank you for, I look up and she's grabbing, some cash I had on the corner and she goes, thanks for the tip. She puts it in her pocket. She walks <laughs> nice. away. It's got robbed uh, right here live during the show. But I, I, I agree with you on this, on the Tobias stuff. He can do some of the, the smaller guy stuff, yep. but still brings that long go up and get it catch radius. It's about the assertiveness now. And that's what him and Dion have to show. The next position run, we'll, we'll kind of stick with pass catchers for now. I think this is an interesting one. And we both kind of go with tight ends. And it's it's another situation of one of these two has to step up this spring. They need one of these two to step up this spring. The guy that you went with, Ryan, was a young buck. 
Sorry, I couldn't hit the, the unmute button. That's my apologies. Yes, I went with Holden Stace. I did. And I'll be very honest, Brian, this was a close one. And it makes a lot of sense why we went here at tight end. This was a close one between Holden Stace and Mitchell Evans for me. I went with Holden because I think that he just has a little bit of a different skill set at the tight end position that Notre Dame doesn't have a ton of on the roster right now, especially with the injuries that they have, right? Because I could walk in, if Eli Raritan was able to play in the spring, I could say that could be your flex style tight end that can do some stuff in the passing game, could be that mismatch weapon. I think Mitchell Evans could be a very productive pass catcher. We've talked about that all, all offseason so far. But Holden State Springs just a little bit of a different style. I don't want Mitchell Evans out of a lot out of line too much, right? Like I want him to be an inline player for the most part. Holden Stace, I want him to be that H back. I want to see him as a big slot at times. I want to really utilize his mismatch upside that he has as a pass receiver as the tight end position. So when I look at and I say Mitchell Evans breaks out, that's awesome, right? And I think that he has the the obviously the inside track to doing so. And he still very well could, even if Holden Stays takes a good step forward. I'm just thinking about the mismatch potential that it could be if Holden Stays breaks out. If you could play 12 personnel, which we've seen a lot of over the last couple of years, but we haven't seen them pl- run, run a lot of the ability to really spread the field and attack with both tight ends a lot during the last couple of years. If you have Holden Stays that could be a legitimate weapon in the passing game on top of what Mitchell Evans could also bring as the lead tight end, I think that your offense is almost unstoppable because then there's going to be levels where when you're in 11 personnel, hey, whether it's Mitchell or Holden in, we could do different things with both those guys. We still have our wide receivers being productive, but then as the defenses bring in these bigger packages defensively, you know, their traditional maybe four, three packages or whatever the heck they run as their base defense. All of a sudden you have Holden Stace who can motion out and be a slot receiver matched up against a linebacker. And that could be a big impact potential for this team specifically. So I think Holden Stace with the injuries in the room from the depth perspective, I think he has a chance to take hold of that number two tight end role and really become a valuable member of the passing attack potentially. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My hope is they both really step up this spring, big time. I, I, I'm I going with Mitchell Evans because I still think it's very important that the traditional tight end role be impactful in this offense. I think that's incredibly important. I agree with everything you said about Holden Stace. Uh, absolutely. I had him a little lower coming out of high school than maybe some others might have because he was raw. He needed a lot of technical work, but the upside was enormous. I mean, you knew eventually as a chance to be a really good player, 
I view him breaking out as sort of a bonus, Brian. To me, Mitchell Levins isn't just a guy that I'm predicting to have a breakout. They need him to have a breakout because I think you'll admit Holden Stace is not, pardon me, ready yet to be that attached block a nine technique, down block and drive, work to the second level, big physical presence over the middle type of guy. He's not that guy yet. They need that in this offense to to be a presence in the run game and the pass game. And, you know, a lot of the emphasis tends to be on the pass game. And I think Mitchell Evans will certainly make an impact in the pass game. I mean, I think what we saw from him in the South Carolina game, if he just repeats that every week this year, he's going to be a really good tight end. Because, you know, some weeks he'll get three catches for 39 yards like he did. But as you and I have discussed, Ryan, you saw the All-22. You saw at least two or three other potential opportunities for him to get the football. It just went in other directions, which is I mean, it's part of it. It just does that sometimes. Yeah. Point is, is he can be a three to five catch per game guy, 39 to 65 yards per game. That's a good season. That's a really yes. good norm- season for a non-Michael Mayer, Brock Bowers type of tight end, right? No, no doubt. They need that. But more importantly, I really think Mitchell's breakout this year is going to be beyond the pass game. I see a kid that was a converted quarterback that honestly played a year too early. He just did. He had no business, in my opinion, being on the field as a freshman, looking at it from his his viewpoint, meaning I don't think he was ready yet. But you know what he did, Ryan? He battled. Yeah. He competed, right? And even though he was a little overwhelmed at times physically, because, again, he's a fr- true freshman converted quarterback, and I don't think he played spring. I don't think he was here that spring. I could be wrong. But I don't think Mitchell Evans was an early enrollee. He was thrust into that role because of injuries. And he right. he equated himself well, well, in my opinion. He, had, he he competed. Even though he wasn't that good, he competed. You could see some of the tools. Then he gets injured, and he comes back this year. He immediately gets thrown into the lineup. It takes him a couple games to get going. He was not very good the first couple games he came back, in my opinion. But by the end of the year, he kept getting better and better and better. And you started to say he's getting open a little bit more. They're doing some more things. They ran him on a corner out in a game where if the ball would have come out to him, he's open for a, what would have been a big play. Then he finally gets his chance to beat the guy in the bowl game, and he does it well. But the reality is even then, I still feel like last year he was playing more out of need and injury, not so much because he was technically ready physically right. the way that you normally expect an early tight end to be. All of that's going to benefit him, though, Ryan. Because now, going into his junior year, year three and under Matt Bayless, now I think you're going to see the body really explode for him. Because I've said this about Mitchell Evans and Joe Walt. He looks like a little kid. If you <laughs> saw Mitchell Evans, like if you didn't, I mean, you see him as a human, you're like, that's a big boy. Like he's 6'5", he's 250 plus. You think that's a, that's a grown man. But th- if you only could see him like here. You're like, that's like a 17, 15, 16-year-old kid. He has a baby face. He doesn't look – I mean, you, then you see Michael Mayer, and you're like, is that guy like in his mid-20s? Is he like a th- four-year uh, – is he a guy that got drafted five years ago and he's coming back to visit the college? When he was a senior in high school, Michael Mayer right. looked like that. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you see he looks like a kid. Yeah. And so the reason I say that's – the reason I say that is, is, is he has not hit that – to me, fill out period of his career yet. And I think that comes this off season. I really do. And so it's not just the pass game where I I'm talking about here. That's going to be a big factor in the run game. Because the thing I'll say about Mitchell, his first two years, he wasn't a very good blocker more often than not, but he competed. He just right. lacked the technical skill and the strength. It got better and better. 
as he got more and more coaching from Jared Parker and he got better by the end of the year, but you could still see he wasn't quite there yet physically compared to, you know, where Mayer was, where when Mayer's technique was right, Mayer could whoop your butt. When Mitchell's technique was right, he kind of got in your way. Right. Now I expect him to become a bit more of a mover now that he gets another full year in the weight room under his belt. I think he's going to be one of the guys that has the biggest, one of the, some of the biggest strength gains that we're going to see from, from, uh, uh, from, you know, the offense this year. I, I really do. And that's where my, my prediction for him comes from. It's not even just the pass game, Ryan. I don't think his pass game numbers are going to be anything close to Michael Mayer. I mean, no one at Notre Dame has ever had the single season pass game production that Michael Mayer had the last two years, other than Tyler one year from Tyler Eifert. And that's where I come from on, on this, Ryan, is it's going to be that dual threat potential and impact that he's going to bring, which is why I think Mitchell Evans is definitely a breakout guy for me. Would it shock you if Mitchell Levin showed up this year and, and in spring or in the fall and he's like 260 pounds? Cause it's just like, he's finally growing no. into his body. Like I wouldn't no. be shocked at all about that. No. You know, I, mean, I, he, I don't want him to be that big, you know, but it wouldn't shock me at all. It yeah. wouldn't shock me at all. Right. Cause he has that crazy body, man, where it's like, he's holding 250 plus and it just looks like it's just baby fat. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it, it, like he has, he doesn't have definition. I mean, you, you'll see pictures of, of guys, and you know he's putting in work. I mean, everything I, I hear and see, you know, I'm, I'm getting results this offseason from some different sources of how the, you know, the work that the tight ends are putting in and different things like that. And yeah. and you start to see, okay, like this guy's, you know, this guy's, I mean, he's putting in the work. It's very clear he's putting in the work. It's just, you know, where is he as far as just filling out that body and just turning that the work ethic start, you start seeing more results from it. And I think that's where Mitchell is now. I think you're going to start seeing more and more of that uh, from him moving forward. And now again, this, we don't expect Eli Raritan to be part of the spring. If he was healthy, he'd, he'd be in this conversation as well. There's he, no doubt. He, if he not would, at the top of the pro- list. He would probably be my pick if he was yeah. healthy to be completely right. transparent about right. that. But I, I think the tight end position especially is very interesting, Brian, because working off of our first picks here, right, with the wide receiver position, if the wide receivers do take that step forward, the outside receivers I'm talking about, you know it's going to be open a whole lot more? Middle of the field, baby. And Mitchell Evans at 6'5", plus, 250-plus pounds is a very inviting target over the field. So, yeah, I'm there with it, man. I'm there with it. And you need him to be that guy because he showed flashes, obviously, in the bowl game that he maybe could take that step. And, I mean, you mentioned mentioned a little bit ago, you know, as far as about about Miles Boykin having that big bowl game and then really riding that momentum into the next offseason, kind of taking his game to the next level. Well, I think Mitchell Evans has a chance to also take some of that momentum from the bowl game, keep riding it, and – you know, solidify himself as the top tight end on this roster, which he certainly can, especially with, you know, a couple injuries obviously on the table as well. Well, and I'm also curious to see what kind of jump Mitchell makes because he did, he missed last off season for the most part. He missed a bunch of last off season with injury, with an injury. So he didn't get that full off season that you'd hope a guy like him would get. And so yep. those are the things that we're, we're going to get a chance to see from him. Number three on the offensive breakout, Ryan, there is no, there's no debate. There's no him or him, you yeah. know, look, you want to see what Ty Chan can do. I'm looking forward to seeing if, you know, Michael Carmody's weight and how, what Michael Carmody's doing and Andrew Christophic, but here's the deal. I just flat out Billy Shrouth is a guy that I anticipate being a breakout for Notre Dame this year. We've heard, we've heard it all. He missed last spring. 
because of an injury. So he was on the, he was in this, he was at, at school last spring, but he didn't really do much during the season because during the, during the spring, because he was injured, didn't really get going until closer to the summer and into fall camp. By the end of the year, I kept hearing about him constantly. I've talked to people that have gotten to know him his freshman year, and they say he just looks like such a different kid now. He came in, he was 300 pounds, but he, you know, he's a pudgy 300 pounds. And they're like, you look at him now, he's like barrel chested, his like shoulders are getting bigger. He just looks like, okay, he's made a quite a body transformation. And this is from a kid who's already pretty good. Yeah. You know, so I think Billy Shrouth, he's going to make, look, he's going to make rookie mistakes. He, he is. But I think we're going to see some stuff from this kid during the spring where you're like, yeah, this guy's going to be a dude. There's no doubt he's going to seize. I, I fully expect and predict that he's going to seize one of those guard spots pretty early. Now they may rotate guys around when the media is there. Dirt and for, for here's what they'll do, right? It, they know when we're there, and they'll like, okay, let's work so and so in with the ones during the five periods that they're there. And I've they've seen this all the time in the past, you know. So like, I'll, I'll we'll we'll have this one guy playing guard, and he's with the ones and. And you're like, oh, that's interesting because all my sources are saying this. And then they kick us out because we get the first five periods. And then you see like highlights of the practice when they do put those out. And you'll see all the first team highlights. The guy that we've been hearing is with the ones, is with the ones and the highlights. <laughs> it's like, ah, whatever. I don't know why they do that, but they do that. Who knows? But I fully anticipate by the end of the spring, we're talking about it's a no-brainer. Billy Shrouth is a starter for Notre Dame and a guy that people have very high expectations for. I, I think that most people would say that it's a waste of a last spring for him, the fact that he's not able to compete, Brian. But I just think it's very beneficial that he was still there, right? Because he still saw the flow of practice. He still got to get you know ahead of the ahead of the curve from a academic perspective and still balance you know team meetings with academics and do all that type of stuff. So I think despite him not participating in spring from an on field perspective last year. He has a very good understanding going into his first legitimate spring of this is how it works, right? This is the format. This is my expectation. This is what I need to do from a day in day out perspective. This is how the schedule kind of ramps up. We're like, it doesn't matter as much how I look the first couple games. It matters about natural maturation throughout the spring. And then I'm playing my best football by the end of it. So he has that opportunity, man, because let, let's, let's be very forthcoming about this. Everyone expects Billy Shrouth to be a starting guard for Notre Dame next season. Fans expect it. Most of the media expects it. I haven't really seen anybody projected to be anything else than Billy Shrouth at one of the guards, right? So that is a little bit of pressure on Billy, though. It is. They expect him to be that guy. And I think that he has the I think he has the wherewithal and the physicality and the demeanor to take that and just kind of run with it, man, because offensive linemen are different cats, man. Like they're, they're wired a little bit differently, you know? And I think that when you get him between the lines, he's really going to take advantage of it. And then we're going to, I think most of the conversation is going to go from, you know, Billy's most likely that guy, right? So let, let's start talking about what the other guard position is going to look like. But I think that Billy, it's important for him to have a big spring because everyone's expecting him to. And when there's expectations on you, there's pressure, obviously, to to fulfill those expectations, but there's expectations for a reason. It's because Billy Shroud is a really talented football player, and if you get those two tackles to play just as well as he did last year or better, and Zeke Corral to be as good as he was last year or a step better, and you get Billy Shroud to be a dude in 2023, then we're talking about your, your offensive line being one of the top five-ish offensive lines in college football. 
to maybe being the best. Like you have that opportunity to be in that Joe Moore, Moore award-winning conversation, at least if a guy like a Billy Schrock takes a big step forward, because you have three pillars on your offensive line that are much more known commodities. It's the newcomers that I think are going to, to be that separating factor between being good or great or great or elite. I think that they, that he can be a potential separator for that offensive line. You nailed it, Ryan. Absolutely nailed it. So those are guys that we see as breakouts. I think some other guys we could discuss, as we mentioned before, Lorenzo Styles could be a guy like that. I think you could make a case that if if Jaden Thomas sees a big jump in production, that could be considered a breakout. I think it would certainly be a breakout nationally. I just feel like it's kind of like we've we as people that follow Notre Dame on a day to day basis, we've already seen Jaden Thomas step up and be the best receiver on the roster. So I don't really count that as I think we're just going to see him just build on that this upcoming season. So that's why we didn't go with him. I think you could have made a case for Blake Fisher in this conversation. If the breakout is from a good starter to a star, I think Blake could be in this conversation. I wouldn't be shocked at all, Ryan, if, if that were the case. And that would be considered to me a, a, a breakout is to see a guy like Blake Fisher go from, hey, he was a pretty good redshirt freshman last year to, okay, this guy's one of the best tackles in college football now. He may not get the recognition because Joe Walt will probably get a lot of the press clippings. But when you when you and I sit down and watch film, I, I'm willing to make this prediction now. No player on offense will will, will – Warrant more questions for you from the NFL scouts and the agents and the people you know in the draft world. No one will get more questions directed towards you than Blake Fisher when people start watching film. I, I, yep. It's going to be him or one of the receivers, I promise you, because you've already got a lot about the running backs. Yes. Uh, maybe Mitchell Evans, but I have a feeling because they're going to be like, holy moly, like we're watching <laughs> this Joe Walt film and we kept seeing this number, you know, this number 54 on the other side just crushing people. Who's this 6'6", 330-pound yes. dude? Yeah, like, that moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes. where'd this kid come from? I could certainly see him being that kind of guy as well. You know, we you can make a case that the running backs could be breakouts. But again, I think we've already seen it. We've already seen them be big-time players. We've already seen them be a dynamic duo in right. multiple games, including the bowl game. You know, I think the only other the only other potential options would be, you know, maybe a freshman or in the fall when some guys come back from injury or things along those lines. So – but I think th- that's where the offensive breakout list is as of right now. Because, again, Sam Hartman's not uh, – I mean, I mean, the only way you could call him a breakout is if he goes out and wins the Heisman, right? I mean, the guy's one of the 20 most prolific passers in the history of college football. I mean, I think he ranks like 18th in yards and 19th in touchdowns or something like that. Like, what kind of breakout are you expecting from him, right? <laughs> so, I think those are – that's where we are in, in yep. the breakout list for offense. <laughs>
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.